0: Today on the show, we have Melanie Fountain. She is a blog and Pinterest strategist. She started her business not all that long ago, like January of last year, as a virtual assistant, but since then has gone on to learn all things Pinterest. I personally hopped on the phone with her to talk about all the changes that happened in early 2020. And she was so knowledgeable that I decided to bring her on the podcast and share with you guys a bit about what's going on behind the scenes so that more of your content can be seen.
1: Yeah, so you guys, Pinterest had a little bit of a shift earlier this year in valuing new, fresh, different looking content, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out and make a bunch of new content. So we're breaking down how you can adjust to Pinterest new policies, how Pinterest can work for physical product-based businesses, and what it actually means to be searchable on Pinterest including hashtags, keywords, and descriptions. This one's really great and is definitely showing you what's working right now in 2020 for Pinterest. So I don't know about you guys, but
0: I love Pinterest. And I have since, like, the dawn of Pinterest. Back when, like, burlap weddings was all I was thinking about. I was going to say we
1: were like the crowd of planning weddings from Pinterest. Well, like the first round, like that. We were very early, shitty shitty weddings (laughs) planning
0: from Pinterest. (laughs) Not these gorgeous things you see today, but yeah, my first experience was as a consumer, and when I started my business. I was very interested in how it could play into my role as a blogger and blogging at the time was, I feel like it was on the rise growing in popularity, but you weren't necessarily seeing a ton of business blogs. There was a lot of lifestyle, lots of crafting things, DIY, but in terms of showing up as a business person on Pinterest, that was fairly new and I loved it and we got incredible results. Fast forward 5 years, I haven't paid attention to what Pinterest is doing in a long time. None, none. And then I heard Pinterest did a major update and I was like, Oh, I don't actually know how to use this platform to its best ability anymore. Melanie raised her hand and she's like, girl, I got you. We spent <laughs> 30 minutes on the phone. She blew my mind with her knowledge. And so I'm super excited to have her on the show today so we can talk about all things Pinterest and how you can utilize it for your business. So it's great to have you today, Melanie. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I'd love to know how you got started in Pinterest and how
2: that ended up becoming your specialty. Well, just like you guys said, you use it as a user for all things DIY that you may or may not ever use. So I got started in the online entrepreneur space as a virtual assistant. And One night I was scrolling through and I was even looking up ideas and how to grow your business and a light bulb just went off and I said, oh my gosh, this is such a valuable marketing tool from a business perspective. Imagine the possibilities. And then I just drowned myself in everything Pinterest. I volunteered for all of the testimony work and I just started like trying to learn everything I possibly could because when it comes to being searchable and when it comes to marketing your business... It's really hard to get in the game on Google or even Mm -hmm. in social media sometimes because it's so competitive, but with Pinterest, anybody stands a chance. So as long as you use the right strategies, anybody can be successful on Pinterest.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the things I really love and appreciate about Pinterest is that it, for the longest time, it hasn't been about vanity metrics of followers of your boards or your profile. The things that really matter aren't what other qualifications for other platforms really care about. And so I like that. I feel like it has a little bit lower pressure, a little bit lower vanity pressure of you having to show up in a certain way, or like every single day, you yourself have to be there. But because of that, It's also a little bit of a different beast to tackle where with Instagram, I can just go make one post. I know exactly what buttons to press to make that thing be seen. And then I know that that has such a short lifespan that I don't really worry about it anymore. It's about fresh new content all the time on a platform like Instagram, especially stories. But with Pinterest... I feel like we need to maybe look at content in a little bit different way. So how can you maybe break down for our listeners, like how to view the content that you're publishing on Pinterest as something different than Instagram or YouTube or Facebook?
2: Well, I'm glad you brought that up because there's really two reasons why people don't use Pinterest for business. One, there's still that misconception that Pinterest is just DIY recipes and wedding planning. And although that's valuable for people that write that content, even for coaches or content creators, it can be overwhelming because it is not as, you don't have to be present yourself every day. And that's Mm -hmm. the great thing about Pinterest, but it is like you mentioned a different beast to tackle. So, so the way that you present your content in Pinterest is much different in the way that it's very heavy focused in graphics, not so much socially. So one mm-hmm. uh, another common misconception about Pinterest is that it's a social platform, but, but actually it's a search engine. And Mm -hmm. so that's how we really have to think about it. And in order to be successful on Pinterest, we have to use that mindset that we are going on Pinterest to be discovered. And we have to present our content in a way that makes people want to discover more. And so it's really just kind of like the gateway. So the graphics that you create with the recent Pinterest update, their focus is fresh content. But you don't have to be there every day presenting that. You can batch those tasks ahead of time and present that. But you want to present it in a way where people can discover you and want to learn more based on the images that you create or the content that you share on Pinterest.
0: Yeah. So I know when we started... The way we used it was very simple. We would make a blog post, we would make one graphic for it, we would pin it to Pinterest, then we would repin it to strategic boards. And then later, we would plug that into Tailwind and have it auto repost on like a certain schedule. Well, when the update came out, I was like, what do you mean fresh content? What do you mean I need more than one graphic? What do you mean? Like, I was a little bit panicking as a content creator because it meant my entire workflow for how we utilize the platform would have to change. And because of that overwhelm, I know that we're not the only one who's just kind of sitting waiting to start that project because Mm -hmm. it feels overwhelming to learn to use something you've used for a long time and completely adjust. So talk to us a little bit about what they mean by new content and what that means for you creating content or updating old content.
2: Absolutely. I get that a lot too. A lot of people that were using Pinterest or are on Pinterest are a little overwhelmed with what that looks like. And essentially, so fresh content in Pinterest terms are, you'll hear a lot of fresh pins is really the terms. And when it comes to creating fresh pins, you want to look at the graphics. So Tailwind, when all this came out, they went live and they said that as long as you are creating fresh graphics, but you can use the same link. So you can use So what is more recommended now and what was still used prior is that you want to create multiple graphics for the same source. And so that could be the same link. So you can even copy the same optimized description with keywords and hashtags and that call to action. You can use that for the same link across all of the graphics. So there's some pros and cons there when it comes to fresh content and creating that is before, like you said, you would create a blog post, then you would create a graphic. So the strategy before that a lot of people use is I have to continue to create content on my website Mm -hmm. to be able to pin on Pinterest. But now Mm -hmm. you don't have to create as much content on the website side because you can use multiple graphics for the same source. And that's actually more encouraged. So I think, you know, of course, the more con, Content, the better. But if you're really strapped on time or if you have multiple projects going on and you don't really want to have to focus on creating that new heavy content, you can create 10 pin graphics for one link source. So it's yeah. really just being strategic about the graphics that you create on Pinterest and driving that traffic to your profit generating content, the content that alludes to your course or your business and really gives really strong call to actions or even your most popular content on your blog. So it's really just about being strategic. And then when it comes to creating fresh content, what I want to tell entrepreneurs is it's not as overwhelming as you may think. I say work on focusing on creating a lot of templates, and then working off of that based on your new content. So if you have a good template bank that you can, you know, hire somebody to create for you or purchase templates, I know you guys have amazing templates. And it's just, you know, working smarter and not harder, and then repurposing the templates that you already have for new content.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember back in the day, we literally would recommend to people, you know, create one look, so to speak, for your content and then create, when you have new content, create similar looking pins so that you become recognizable for who you are. For your brand, someone could look through their screen and quickly pick out, oh, I know these are from Boss Project, or I know these are all from my friend Rachel, or I know whatever. And now with the variety, I think it's almost like... To me, it seems like they're encouraging you to play more rather than to try to create a cohesive looking brand.
1: Yeah, that's how I took it as well. I feel like some people kind of are maybe already doing this a step further where you guys are like kind of A-B testing your graphics. I know some people test yeah. it with a headshot versus a stock photo or a button looking graphic versus, you know, an mm-hmm. overlay or whatever. And so I feel like some of right. you might already have Two, three, four different versions of the same thing that you're currently testing. And so if you just look at literally what you're already doing and maybe double the graphics amount, even though you're using the same content. And so when we're talking about new content, though, are we also talking about new titles, but going to the same link or literally the same kind of headline on
2: that graphic and going to the same link? Well, the great thing about Pinterest is it doesn't have to exactly match the content that you're leading them to. As long as it's relevant, you're not saying that you're giving them one thing, but then leading them to a paid product or affiliate link that's completely unrelated. You can change up the title. And like what you mentioned is that you, before, is that a lot of people were using the strategy before with the Mm A-B testing and trying different graphics. And It's, it might seem overwhelming, you know, with fresh pins, but actually I think of it as a really great opportunity to see what your audience is really interested in and by changing it up. So you can have different call to actions on the image. You can kind of change up the title. You know, sometimes people just use text overlay over an image and then some just have, you know, graphics on bottom on top. There's so many different variations and now they have video pins that you can use to be strategic as well, leading back to that same source. So you could even have you know, five pin graphics and then one video pin and all of them look different. And Abigail, what you said in terms of branding and everything looking cohesive, I still recommend people use, you know, their brand colors and their fonts and, and things like that, but they, all of the templates don't have to look the same. And actually it's more beneficial to you if they don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is when I will plug our Pinterest templates that we have for you guys available (laughs) in creativetemplateshop.com because we have over 40 Pinterest graphics for you in three different color stories. So you guys can stick with your same brand that feels good, but also maybe try something that feels a little outside of your comfort zone to see if it gets
2: different hits or repins for you. Right. I just have to say, I've stocked your guys' templates since I started my business. So I'm so (laughs) honored to be here on the podcast. I'm kind of fangirling. And then, you know, like you said, with your templates and stepping out of your comfort zone. And also what I always tell my clients too is sometimes I'll even go to Pinterest and see, okay, we'll search for the topic that you want to write about and then get inspiration based on what's ranking first. Why are they ranking first? Look at the graphics and get inspiration for your own content. Not saying... Go and take somebody else's graphic but you know just going and getting inspiration because we can all get that designer's block right right yeah for sure It's
0: definitely the reverse engineering is for sure something we've done for a long time, especially because it's such an SEO driven platform that you really want to make sure your search terms are on par. But I love the idea that you could potentially, if you wanted to test different titles, not that you have to, you can use that same description. Now, I know back in the day... We just kept it simple. We literally just used the title of the blog post and maybe a sentence or two. But since then, Pinterest has added like the ability for you to add beefier descriptions and hashtags. So tell me a little bit about what optimizing a
2: pin looks like. So when you're thinking about optimizing a pin, putting the graphic aside for now, you really want to make sure that you're using keywords. And Pinterest uses its own SEO, similar to YouTube and Google, but it uses its own SEO. So when you're researching, you know, writing your description first, I always recommend having a bank of keywords that you use for your business. So content creation, you know, work at home, templates, social media, you know, different, you know, keywords, and then research those on Pinterest and see what comes up first in that search. So when you're searching on Pinterest, you see that drop down of keywords and terms, you're going to look at that and see, and those are the most searched terms on Pinterest. So you kind of want to have a bank of those. So you don't have to go searching for them every time. And then you want to use those throughout your description. So Pinterest has a 500 character max for their description. And so within that you want to use as many keywords as possible without stuffing your keywords. So what that means is you want that natural sentence flow. You want to give a really strong call to action and then some hashtags. So what I usually do in terms of pin description optimization is I'll, you know, when you use the title, you can title the pin to be Pinterest keyword friendly. So how we were talking about earlier, how it doesn't have to match your blog Post per se, you're going to want to use that Pinterest SEO to title your pin, although that may be just slightly different from what your image says, you know, as long as it's the same thing essentially. And then I generally repeat the blog title and then the business name. So if, you know, how to start an online business by boss project and then kind of a separation and then kind of give a brief introduction into what it is using keywords. So, you know, learn how to start an online business, creating you know, digital templates and content, you know, and then kind of, you know, talk about that by including all those keywords and then give, you know, a call to action at the end. So, you know, for more entrepreneur tips, content creation, social media marketing, read Boss Project blog, you know, visit bossproject.com and then use about three to five hashtags related to that. Now, where hashtags are different on Pinterest from Instagram, is that Pinterest is going to be much more broad. So you want to do, you know, entrepreneur, content creation, you know, really general terms where Instagram is a little bit more niche. So when people think hashtags, they usually think Instagram. And it's a little different that way because you want to be a little bit more general. And the one last thing on hashtags is I always recommend using one branded hashtag. So like hashtag Uh, boss project. Okay.
0: So you can in that way, create your own uh,
1: similar to Instagram. Okay. So you could start a hashtag if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. but are people searching hashtags then in content or is that just for Pinterest to read?
2: So it helps your searchability. There's no hashtag searching features yet, but I see that coming down the road. That's just my own personal prediction, but they are clickable in Pinterest description. So if somebody okay. clicks on a hashtag, and you have that hashtag too you'll show up and that's why i say it's really great to have general hashtags because yeah. what you click on you'll show up within all of that other content like if you're writing about instagram you'll instagram or pinterest and so on gotcha. but also boss project if they click on your hashtag they'll see all of your pins populate so that's why i suggest so it's kind always- of like a rabbit hole thing like where you right. find yeah. something you like and instead
0: of you, you could scroll down like to see it. suggested pins right. so you're going to click the hashtag instead and i exactly. think part of it is that I mean, I would call myself a super user. I was a super user maybe five to seven years ago. And now it's like literally just I go and look for dinner ideas. And that's like literally (laughs) it. Because I think part of it is I'm not building a house. I'm not like planning a nursery or a party or like there's nothing specific going on. And I also have just personally dramatically reduce the amount of content i'm absorbing because i literally used to be an education junkie so much mm-hmm. so that i think it was a huge distraction in our business mm-hmm. but that's a total side note but good to know a bit more about behavior for users because i wouldn't have personally clicked on a hashtag i don't think no but that's no. cool that people are i like that. yeah When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide
1: So I have a couple of questions regarding using Pinterest for physical product-based businesses. I'm not sure if you're super familiar with that arena, but Mm -hmm. it's something I've been dabbling in the past couple of months with my side hustle being earrings. The thing that I'm coming across is I want to use Pinterest as a channel for people to be aware of my brand, but so many Mm -hmm. of my things sell out. Like there's not huge quantities of things. And so if I'm listing or sharing an image of a pair of earrings that's only available for 24 hours that gets circulated around Pinterest. And I do have it linked just to the shop, not necessarily that listing. So it's at least not a dead link, which is really great. But do you have any other tactics for what I could be thinking about or maybe pinning instead of that could maybe help create lifelong
2: content? That's a really great question because first of all, before you mentioned, you can lead them to your homepage or that category specifically. So like you mentioned, yeah. so that people can visit your site, still look at your content, although that specific item isn't available. You could also, if you have a freebie or, or something like that on your product website, getting people on your email list is one of the best benefits of Pinterest because Pinterest doesn't always have that immediate ROI. However, you know, in terms of sales, but, Pinterest is amazing in terms of growing your email list. And then from there, nurturing relationship. So leading them to pages that allow them to continue to stay connected with you. Pinterest and Instagram actually work really well together now. So if you are very active on Instagram, sharing posts from Instagram to Pinterest, and then that'll lead them to your Instagram page, and then they can follow you and you can continue to nurture relationships from there. So you just have to think of it as, as I mentioned earlier, Pinterest as a gateway to get people to discover you because when you go on there looking for even dinner ideas, you're looking to discover something. You're looking for thing, you know, to discover what you're going to eat for dinner tonight, but sometimes people want to discover fashion or business or advice. And so it's really the gateway to get them into your network. and then from there, you have to find a way to keep them in your network.
0: I think to your point, it's just because that behavior seems smaller, it doesn't necessarily mean. That you're not going to become a customer like as a user there's quite a few people where i've gone on to you know look for recipes and then mm. i actually make them enjoy it and then i'm like oh well what else do they have mm. oh let me follow them on instagram oh two months later i just bought their new cookbook that came out exactly. and so like it definitely has a purpose but sometimes knowing how you can track it back is really hard, especially when you find yourself consuming more on other platforms. Like you might not even realize that the reason you originally followed them
2: is because you found them it's on amazing. Pinterest. Right. Exactly. And like, we all know that there's so many entrepreneurs and products and sales out there. So, you know, we're as users and as buyers, we're usually not like going to hop on somebody's website and just buy right away. You know, we have to get familiar with that person and trust that person. So, you know, they, but if you can capture their attention when they land on your website or your product, then they'll kind of click over to your Instagram and your Facebook. And then Mm -hmm. also if you run ads for that product, then once they kind of get into, you know, like your page and then you can really target them through ads as well. So there's really, it's an, you know, like, like Abigail mentioned, it's, may seem like a small, you know, thing, but they may end up being lifelong followers and then end up buying all of your products because they fall in love with you.
1: I love the idea of sending them with the intention of or my goal at least on Pinterest of sending them to Instagram first, which sounds kind of weird, but from what I've been looking at, it's hard because like it's not like an ad. Every time I post a pin the language and the keywords and the hashtag sure could help maybe filter some people, but what a lot of people use Pinterest for is to learn how to do something. And so if they're seeing my earrings, they might think, is that a clay tutorial or is that a, how to make those things and not necessarily buy them. And so I love the idea of my goal then being "No, just go to Instagram. So you can begin to like know me and meet me and hang out with me. And I know I can convert you from there like crazy. Whereas you know, maybe I'm just going to get a bunch of other polymer clay artists following me on Pinterest if I'm just showing the work all the time. Totally. Well, and actually,
2: it's found more that people, about 75% of the users on Pinterest make buying decisions based on what they see on Pinterest. So that's so crazy. Right. And so if you're looking at furniture or interior design, if you say, oh, I really want that couch, you're going to hunt hunt it it it. down. I will hunt it down. And (laughs) Pinterest has a really great visual search engine now. So by the images that you use. So for example, if you're using the visual search engine for your earrings, people are going to look for that. So if you're planning an outfit and you really love those earrings, they're going to save them or they might see like what other earrings are like that. But people are looking to buy on Pinterest too. And I think the statistic was over 40 or 50% of the users on Pinterest make over $75,000 a year. And so they're on there kind of to discover and to search and to buy. And honestly, I save all the DIY things, but I'm not a DIYer, (laughs) but I've gone on there and I've gone on to purchase templates and courses and things like that based on what I found on Pinterest. And so that's the kind of user that I am because I'm just, I'm not a great DIYer when it comes to like... (laughs) craps and I feel bad for my poor daughter who's very creative and she has me as a mom so
1: yeah. <laughs> she to Pinterest too. <laughs> yes <Yeah>. exactly
0: <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about your like actual profile because I feel like this has like grown and evolved and changed mm-hmm. a lot over the years and mm-hmm. as a user back in the day I didn't necessarily like the idea of duplicating my pins because that meant that my boards became progressively less organized and I'm a little OCD. But I know <laughs> that like as a business owner, a hot mess. you want the same pin on multiple boards. So explain to me a little bit about, because when we talked about this on the phone, I felt like this was like a bit of a light switch moment for me. So sure. tell me a bit more about that.
2: So when it comes to setting up your profile, we'll start kind of from the basics that, you know, setting up your profile is the same as kind of setting up a pin. You want to be optimized with keywords. So your username should have keywords in it. Your description should have keywords in it. And you should have call to action. Now, when it comes to your boards, you want them to be relevant to the audience that you want to engage in your content. So your ideal audience, now you want really general boards because if you want to set up your pins to schedule and I know you mentioned repinning and duplicating those pins, the more boards you have, the more you can spread that content out. And Pinterest is, you know, encourages repinning pins because it may take a few months for a pin to actually be discovered. And one board may be more popular than the others. So when you're thinking about board creation, you want for every content type that you have you want about four to five boards pertaining to that content at least now with those boards being general you want to try to like I said you want to try to be make them as general as possible so online entrepreneurs how to start a business content creation templates like really really general so that you can pin as many pins to those boards as possible so when you're setting up your account with boards let's say like you guys are you know boss project is all about content. You guys have so much amazing content. So you guys would probably have a lot of boards and then you want those boards to be optimized with keywords. So if you're pinning to the same board multiple times, that is more than okay. You just want to make sure that you're also pinning other people's content as well. So gosh, there's so much to it when you're setting up an account. So like I could talk for hours about this guys, but really (laughs) you want to focus on making sure that your content is relevant. So I would say when you're setting up your account, you want a best of board or at least a couple. So if you have a podcast and a blog and a shop, you maybe want three best of boards, best of our content or best of project podcast or the strategy hour podcast. You know, you really have a best of board. That's really cool. (laughs) Well, and then you can kind of be a little showy of your own content. I don't want to have to share other people's content all the time, but then you have other boards relevant to that. So content creation and where you'll have primarily your content and then other people's content. So, and then as you continue to create content and topics, you continue to add more boards. So there's no limit on boards, board creation, but you want to make sure that your boards are optimized with keywords. And like, it's almost the same thing as having your pin description, you know, tell them who you are, list some keywords, give them a call to action to that type of content. So maybe in one board, you'll give them a call to action to your podcast. And then the next you'll give them a call to action to your template shop and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. But that way you can, people know who you are and what it is that you offer And then additionally, you know, for those of us that, you know, that like more aesthetically pleasing, profiles and you know are that OCD type Uh (laughs) there's a controversy between do I use board covers or not and what I would recommend there's three ways the first way is you don't have to necessarily have a board cover but for that aesthetically pleasing uh, there's two ways you can choose kind of a pretty image that fits your branding without any words and make that as your cover and that way you at least have you don't have that collage look all over your profile. You have, you know, one pretty image for all of your boards, or you can create a template. And I use Canva, and you can just create one specific board cover template, and then use that for all of your boards. Now, if you have hundreds of boards, that may get a little tedious. So sometimes, just finding an aesthetically pleasing image would work best as a cover. Mm-hmm. But once you, you know, if you optimize it with keywords, if you're pinning consistently to those boards. And using SEO, that's pretty much a great foundation to building an optimized account.
1: Yeah. I have found as a user that I don't really look at other people's boards as a whole. I go through either an individual board that I'm caring about, so I never really see the cover photo of it, or I like, I'm like literally just repinning and I'm not really diving that deeper into their account. My boards on my Pinterest are, some of them have a cover and some of them don't, and I've just stopped caring.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think at the end of the day, when I started to like try to grasp how is it the same and how is it different than other kind of strategies that we're using in our business? And to me, this seems very SEO focused. Like if you're doing Mm -hmm. this work on your blog, doing this work on Pinterest makes a lot of sense. The biggest difference being that Google and other search engines automatically are crawling your site. And you are curating what you want other people to find and become relevant. Right. And so you're driving what you want to be known for. But at the end of the day, like if you were to go back and listen to the episode we did recently with Meg from Clapping Dog Media – A lot of the same principles apply of what do you want to be known for? What do you think your main keywords should be? What are the main subjects you talk about? That's going to drive not only the content you create, but the boards that you have and the pins that you create and the keywords and hashtags that you're using. And it all can kind of strategically work together. Now, I'd imagine that by now people are like a bit excited, but also... Overwhelmed about the Ooh, idea. What do going, I do first? <laughs> going back and doing the things to have a better ground floor because maybe what they were doing before is a little dated. I'd love to move into talk strategy to me and have you give us three to five action steps someone can do to update their profile and start
2: creating more new pins so they can be found on Pinterest. Absolutely. And before I go into that, I do want to touch on that many times Pinterest pins are actually being, it's kill two birds with one stone and they're actually ranking on Google now. So it's actually a really powerful in that way. So if you're on Pinterest, but you know, kind of like you, you've been using it for a long time and you've had a loose sort of strategy, but you really want to optimize and kind of start using the proper strategies right now, I would say A few strategies to get started is look at your account profile. Do you have your account claimed, first of all? Do you have rich pins enabled? Are you, you know, and that way Pinterest can pull the metadata from your website. How are your boards optimized with keywords? Do you just have a sentence saying what it is? Or are you being strategic about the keywords that you use in your board descriptions? And then, you know, are you giving call to actions? And also are your boards relevant to your audience? So look at your account as a profile and be like, is this, is my profile reflecting my business? Is it reflecting, you know, do the boards speak to my ideal client? You know, looking at your profile, am I doing everything that I can to be found by using keywords? Now, the next thing I would say is to look at the pins you've already created and You know, first of all, look at the analytics on Pinterest. Start with the pins that have already performed well. So if you're looking at, you know, creating multiple images for the same source, look at the pins you've already pinned. Which ones have performed well? Maybe you can create some more images based on your already popular content and then kind of move backwards from there. So kind of look at that and then work on creating some templates. So, you know, for your best performing content and then kind of use those templates here and there. And then every time you create a new piece of content, this is just kind of a side note. Every time you create a new piece of content, maybe create one extra template so that when you're working, so when you're creating content, you have to work less in the long run. But anyways, so, and then look at your pin descriptions. Are you just writing a line or two or are you actually being strategic about what it is that you write and the keywords that you use? So, Just take it step by step. Start with your profile. You know, are you speaking to your ideal audience? Are you optimized? Look at your pins. Can you read your graphics? Are you using clear images? Can you actually read the text? Because I've seen a lot that people have text over images and you can't read what it is. So people are less likely to click on that. Are your descriptions optimized? Yeah, don't use script text on your graphics like that, y'all. No, no. And then if you have to use script text, make sure it's just like one word. Don't make the whole thing script text, people. (laughs) And then I would say the next thing that you should do on Pinterest is, you know, look at how many times per day are you scheduling? Are you treating it like a social media platform in terms of like, are you only pinning one time a day? Because Pinterest values multiple pinning per day. Now before it was more the merrier and now the max is about 25 pins per day, which may seem overwhelming. I could talk about scheduling all day, but I won't get too much into scheduling. I always recommend Tailwind for scheduling. And then also the last strategy is, and although this isn't necessarily in terms of 2020 Pinterest strategy per se, but when people are clicking on your pins, where do they land? Do you have a strong call to action to your email list? Do you have opportunities for them to stay in your network, to visit social media, to buy your course or, you know, you want to make sure when people click over to your website that you're continuing to nurture that relationship. So those are really the main things I would say to focus on when you're really wanting to just dive into Pinterest because it's, you know, it's a Pinterest, but it's also what's on your website that's going to eventually turn that person discovering you into a raving fan and or client. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. And I know people are excited to dive in and ready to do all the things. But if they want to hear
2: more from you or have more questions, where can they hang out with you online? Sure. Well, across all platforms, I'm the Melanie Fountain. So I'm on Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook. And also, if you want to chat, melaniefountain.com. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank
0: I know you, Emily's guys.
2: like... Woo, okay. We got <laughs> stuff to do. <laughs> it can be overwhelming, Always. but just take it one step at a time. You don't have to be a Pinterest expert overnight. It's a beast of its own. Just take it day by day.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache, join the co-op, our creative template shop membership with thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.